the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. With Nancy Pelosi. That is, don't mess with Nancy Pelosi. You may be a big shot congressperson, but if you show up in the Capitol building without a mask, Nancy's going to sick the Capitol Police on you. Here's what the Capitol physician said. If a visitor or staff member fails to wear a mask after a request is made to do so, the visitor or staff shall be denied entry into the House office buildings or House side of the U.S. Capitol. Any person who fails to either comply or leave the premises after being asked to do so would be subject to arrest for unlawful entry. Now, it's going to be August in a couple of days, and the Speaker of the House of Representatives is threatening people with being physically removed from the building if they don't wear a mask. And it doesn't matter, by the way, if you've been vaccinated, of course. Even though the President of the United States told us all a few weeks ago that if we got the shot, we could lose the masks. So now what? Well, I believe uh, Washington, D.C. now has a mask mandate for indoors. So the country is still divided by people who are perfectly willing to wear a mask and people who think that they're useless and infringe on their freedom. And it's pretty much divided between Republicans and Democrats, masks and no masks. And and when's it going to end? Well, I can't think of a better person to ask that question than the smartest man in Pittsburgh. That would be Dr. Cyril Wecht. He was on this show over a year ago and said then that he thought the hysteria was unwarranted, counterproductive, and needed to end. It obviously hasn't ended yet, and we will find out from Dr. Wecht what he thinks about uh, vaccines, masks, and when we might return to some sanity. Also, in our second half hour, we're going to switch gears, do a little sports. Again, not X's and O's, but something interesting that could affect uh, everybody at some point down the road. And it's interesting. It's happening uh, with two high school football programs about 70 miles north of here. Picture Mount Lebanon and Upper St. Clair deciding to merge their football teams and play as one team. That's the equivalent of what is happening up there in Sharon, PA. Why is that happening? How's it going to work? We'll talk about that. But Dr. Cyril Wecht is next. Stick around. It's finally time to replace that old leaky roof, or how about some new siding? You can count on Windows or Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. This is John Steigerwald. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows or Us offers repair and replacement for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, windows, entry doors, even decks. A leaky roof left unfixed can lead to mold and mildew. Maybe you lost siding during the recent windstorms. Don't put those repairs off. Windows R Us offers 12 months no interest financing and no processing fee through Dollar Bank. Want new factory direct replacement windows for your home or office? Choose from 100% vinyl, commercial aluminum, wood, and composite. And how'd you like to never clean your gutters again? For a limited time, get a free gutter filter with the purchase of complete siding or roof replacement. Offer valid through 831.21. All with 12 months no interest, no processing fee, and backed by the best warranty in the industry. Schedule your free estimate and inspection today at windowsoruspittsburgh.com. That's windowsoruspittsburgh.com. Trading involves financial risk and is not suitable for all investors. Past results do not guarantee future performance. Traders, listen up. As life in America starts to return to normal, are you looking for the best trading opportunities? With the current real estate market, the rise of crypto, and the volatility of tech stocks, it's virtually impossible to guess what will happen next. With Vantage Point, you don't have to. Text the word MONEY to 813-813 to learn how our technology analyzes over 1 million data points per day. Text the word MONEY to 813-813 so you can learn how to predict market trends up to three days in advance with incredible accuracy. Whether you're trading stocks, options, forex, futures, or crypto, Vantage Point's patented artificial intelligence can give you a massive edge. Text MONEY to 813-813 to find out how to maximize your gains. Text the word MONEY to 813-813 to learn how to use the volatility to your advantage. Don't wait. Text the word MONEY to 813-813 now. By texting in, you consent to receive calls, voice, and text messages using automated technology regarding offers by or on behalf of Vantage Point. Let's be boring and do a commercial about cash-out refinances. It's Ryan, and our mortgage team will often have a listener say, I think I understand what a cash-out refinance is, but can't that be bad for you sometimes? 
So let's hit on that. As with anything, it's certainly not the right move for everyone. If we don't have to, we don't want to add a bunch of years onto our loan or increase our monthly payment too much or pay more in the long run. But because home values have skyrocketed so far up the last few years, while rates have come so far down, we've seen many scenarios where listeners today can pull out a significant chunk of money from the new value in their home while lowering the years on the overall loan, while lowering their monthly payment, and lowering how much they ultimately pay. The key is to just look at the whole picture and be honest with yourself about your situation. If you're looking for someone to show you your options, we are United Faith Mortgage. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Meadow Park Road, Melbourne, New York. Licensed mortgage maker. For all licensing information, go to animalistconsumeraccess.org. Corporate animalist number 1330. Equal housing lender. I license in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, or Utah. Deb's constipation with belly pain, discomfort, and bloating kept giving her grief. She talked to her doctor to get some relief. Turns out Deb had irritable bowel syndrome with constipation or IBSC, which was a start. Saying yes to Linzess helped her do her part. Linzess or linaclotide is a prescription medicine that treats IBSC in adults. Linzess works differently than laxatives. It lets you have more frequent and complete bowel movements and helps relieve overall abdominal symptoms, belly pain, discomfort, and bloating. These symptoms were studied in combination, not individually. Do not give Linzess to children less than 6, and it should not be given to children 6 to less than 18. It may harm them. Do not take Linzess if you have a bowel blockage. Get immediate help if you develop unusual or severe stomach pain, especially with bloody or black stools. The most common side effect is diarrhea, sometimes severe. If it's severe, stop taking Linzess and call your doctor right away. Other side effects include gas, stomach area pain, and swelling. There could be more to your story with IBSC. Talk to a doctor today. Say yes to Linzess. Learn more at linzess.com or call 1-800-LINZESS. Sponsored by Abby and Ironwood Pharmaceuticals. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. Well, as hard as it may be to believe, masks may be making a comeback. Nancy Pelosi, as I said at the top of the show, uh, threatened to sick the sergeant of arms on any member of the House who didn't have one on in the building today. So the hysteria continues. Dr. Cyril Weck needs no introduction in Pittsburgh. He's a former Allegheny County coroner and a world-renowned pathologist, and he joins us now. Dr. Weck, thanks for coming on the show again. appreciate it. Good evening, John. Thanks for inviting me. Always a pleasure to be with you. So, uh, back on May 20th, you wrote an op-ed in the Post-Gazette. The headline was, Time to End the COVID-19 Hysteria. That was May 20th, 2020, 14 months ago. Uh, could oh my you, God! <laughs> could you have imagined us being where we are today when you wrote that? Um, no, no, John. I would not have imagined that uh, this business would still be going on, and now uh, it seems to be erupting uh, again uh, internationally and uh, in this country. I um, <clears throat> find it hard to believe that they uh, have already, uh, in many areas, uh, stated that school children. Uh, can look forward to uh, um, wearing masks uh, or just staying at home and not going to school and um, large uh, social settings, uh, I guess, and athletic events. I don't know to what extent it will be played out um, on a universal scale in this country. Uh, It's been limited so far to those uh, states and regions where the um, incidence of covid Uh, has been rising. I I think, John, that I stick with my original premise of um, some, what, 14, uh, 15 months ago. I do believe a lot of this uh, was driven by hysteria, which continues, and a lot of it uh, became politicized. It's fascinating to see uh, the way there is an incredibly, almost uh, a, a, a split like between up and down, right and left, black and white, between uh, liberal Democrats on one side and conservative Republicans on the other side when it comes to getting the COVID vaccine and uh, what you have to do. Uh, That's very, very hard to explain, except that it goes back uh, to how it all began to play out when Trump was president uh, and still has those political origins. Yeah, you said back then when I had you on the show that you didn't think that it would have reached the level of hysteria that it did if it hadn't been uh, a presidential election year. Yes, absolutely, John. And um, while we're not into uh, any kind of um, significant elections this year, um, uh, we we see that kind of uh, psychological, emotional response is still being played out. I, I believe this, that people who are concerned, 
certainly, you know, wear a mask and don't go here, don't go there. It's up to you on a personal basis. But uh, I, I remain opposed uh, to uh, this kind of uniform, universal, uh, strident uh, mask-wearing approach um, and uh, keeping kids out of school. You know, there, there's studies that have been published already, several studies. I just read one today or yesterday's paper uh, showing that students um, did not do well overall um, in terms of their educational um, <clears throat> needs and progress by because they did not have school for a year. And uh, the incidence of drug abuse, I can tell you, is definitely up. I see that in my in my work. Um, and I, I, I noted from around the, the country that people, um, because of the pressures uh, that, uh, you know, befall uh, some people. And um, then, you know, we still don't know. It's difficult to assess. Uh, domestic situation is what it has meant um, internally uh, to a family uh, uh, that has been sequestered or so on. John, you know, we've dealt with epidemics before in recent times, as we have discussed previously, the syphilis and polio, and then we had the Ebola and Zika, and Zika, and we, we, live with, we live with influenza every year, don't we? And some people get shots and some people don't. And, you know, the difference... And the mortality rate between influenza um, and um, this COVID is not really uh, so very great. I'm not uh, ignoring um, the potential in people who are obese, people who have significant disease processes. They do indeed have to be careful. Um, but that's true when it comes to flu as well as it does uh, when it comes to COVID. Uh, the way COVID has been isolated as a unique virus in terms of the epidemiology is, you know, it's, it's just not accurate. And you said when this began, Dr. Wecht, uh, that uh, it was ridiculous to be focusing so much attention on people who were in basically no danger. And and uh, I guess you, you, you uh, indicated that it It'll, uh, that it actually that actually made it worse for the people who did need the attention because the attention was was being focused on people who didn't need it. So it, it, yes, it was totally that's, counterproductive. Mm, that's true. And John, I do want to make another statement to having the opportunity to be on your program. I I, I am very critical um, of people who refuse to be vaccinated. Um, uh, if these if, if people would simply be vaccinated, as we all were, they were DTP, diphtheria, tetanus, pertussis, when we went to school, polio, uh, I remember when I was in medical school, and I had the opportunity as a third-year student uh, to be there with Jonas Salk, and uh, shots were given and so on. Um, you know, we could have, I think by now, put an end to this uh, epidemiological <clears throat> spread if, if more people had uh, gotten vaccinated. People have unbelievable um, thoughts. Some people think that they will become sterilized. Some people think they will become impotent. Some people think that it's really a plant in your body so that the government can monitor you. Um, you know, there are, there are all kinds of thoughts out there. Um, and some people say, oh, my God, look, this person had acute myocarditis, inflammation of the heart. This person had blood clots. Yeah, that's true with all kinds of medications. Go and look in the physician's desk reference, um, which lists all the drugs that are approved by the FDA, and read the warnings, the admonitions about these drugs. There are these kinds of things with everything, from just getting penicillin uh, to uh, other drugs that people take benzodiazepines, uh, all of the antidepressant, anti-anxiety, uh, anti anxiolytic drugs. And these drugs can produce a lot of problems, including depression. They can even lead to suicide uh, and so on. So they're out there on the market. They're being sold. What I'm saying is that, you know, to say I'm not going to get a vaccine, I'm not going to get this vaccination because... There have been reported cases of people having reactions. Yes, uh, there, you know, these things happen. But I do believe that uh, unless you want to stay home, 
unless you want to walk around with a mask, unless you don't want to go anywhere where other people are uh, present and so on, then fine. It's, it's your choice. Uh, I'm, I'm not, uh, I, I do believe, I mean, I'm in favor of what I think Biden has issued the mandate that people working with the federal government have to get vaccinated. I, I do believe that people should get vaccinated. It's not fair to to those of us who have been vaccinated. It's not fair to the kids who want to return to school, to the classroom. It's not fair to all kinds of people. Um, you know, they, there are certain settings. I mean, the, for example, the Pennsylvania Medical Society just came out uh, um, the Centers for Disease Control um, that um, people working in the healthcare field uh, should uh, <clears throat> wear a mask and so on. All right. Um, that's, that's a focused area. Um, they should also make it mandatory for people working in uh, the healthcare field to be vaccinated. They go hand in hand. Now, what about the people, though, who are hesitant because uh, this vaccine was developed so quickly? And they, a couple of things. First of all, I mean, the president of the United States went on national television and, and begged people to get a vaccine, uh, and he's vaccinated, and he said, listen, if you get vaccinated, you don't have to wear masks anymore. And then people went out and got vaccinated, and now they're being told that even if you've been vaccinated, you should be wearing a mask when you're indoors around lots of people. So, you know, there has, there's, is there a credibility factor here with, with all the flip-flopping? Yeah, well, there's no question, John. Uh, hearing one day from Walensky of the CDC, the next day from Fossey, the third day from the president, the fourth day uh, from another uh, official or so on, yes, it does become very confusing and quite conflicting. I, I understand that. And that's why we have to maintain a sense of objectivity, a sense of um, of uh, reality, and so on. So, you know, what can I say further? Um, there are risks in life, and people decide to, to do it or not. If you uh, don't want to go out, and I've known people who have not stepped out of their house, out of their apartments uh, for a year and a half or so, who refuse to go anywhere. Um, okay, I, I'm not, uh, not going to put them in jail or execute them. Um, if that's the way, I'm, I'm just saying that... Um, as far as I'm concerned, um, I've been vaccinated. My wife, everybody who works for me and with me, and all the people in the coroner's offices where I deal, um, all my autopsies and everything, we've all been vaccinated. And, um, and you know, when nobody's walking around uh, wearing a mask, um, we'll, we'll see. Uh, in some counties, other counties, they're back in the courtrooms with, uh, with jury trials. I'm scheduled to testify, uh, I think, next week in Westmoreland and a couple weeks uh, thereafter in uh, in another county. So it, it's very, it varies, too, from one place to another. Uh, the CBC, uh, CDC is recommending that kids in K-12 through wear masks when they go back to school. Um, and here's my question about that. I, I, I've been wondering about this since this started, uh, well, at least a few months into it anyway. I hear someone go on the air with a really concerned look on their face, and they say, we have to kill the, keep the children safe. And my response is, safe from what? They don't die. They don't, the very few of them even get symptoms. And for a long time, we were told they don't even transmit the disease. So what are we doing to these kids? As you mentioned, there's a lot of um, adverse effects to all this, what are we doing to these? What is the justification for telling a kid he has a, a five-year-old kid in kindergarten or six-year-old kid that he has to wear a mask? Who's, who's I he, agree. How are they keeping him with safe? The, yeah. the, uh, the it's over ninety percent of people who range to completely asymptomatic to having mild symptoms uh, similar to and no worse than a fleeting uh, cold or so on, over 90%. And then um, a big part of the remaining 9-10% uh, have illnesses that are successfully uh, and readily treated. And, uh, you know, the mortality rate that we've talked before is 0.025%. 
So 0.025%. That's the mortality rate. Yeah, that's... I'm not, I'm not ignoring it, but it's just not that frightening. Well, does it, it seems to me a kid has a better chance of dying in a car accident on his way to get the vaccine than he does of dying yes. from the vaccine. It's, uh, yes, exactly. Probably, probably how about, how about, the, um, how about the, what is the incidence of, of serious uh, injuries leading to death and disability uh, with uh, uh, talking about kids with uh, the skateboards and yeah. uh, the, pools, the, yeah. the things that the, the, the kids do when I think of you know some of the things that I did as a, a teenager uh, and so on yeah no it's it's it, it is definitely I believe um, out of hand intellectually um, cerebrally it has lost a sense of order objectivity and appropriate correlation of risk to harm so uh you know, no matter what you and I say and think and so on, people are going to, uh, you know, judge for themselves and make these decisions. I just uh, am not going to um, ignore, take lightly, uh, somebody telling me, if it comes to this again, that to put, to put a mask on or so on. Uh, you know, where I, uh, I, I don't want that to uh, happen and I'm not going to tolerate it. Well, you know, Dr. Wecht, uh, when uh, I have been doing this for since I first talked to you a year and a half ago uh, or so, uh, 15 months ago, whatever it was, when I asked you to be on the show the first time. And I the conversation I had when I called you to be on the show um, at the time, I said I, I, I would just came back from riding my bike on a path out in the country and people were passing me uh, wearing masks while they're riding their bike. <laughs> and so when, when people have told me about the, you know, asked me about masks and, and, and tried to uh, defend the hysteria surrounding them, I've quoted you and, I, and I've, I've said, and you just laughed again. I said, when I talked to Dr. Wecht about it, he laughed and uh, he, he, you said some bad words that you can't say on the radio. You thought it was so ridiculous. <laughs> and this is 15 yeah, months later, and now they're, yeah, they're yeah, making yeah, him wear them in the yeah, House yeah, of yeah. Representatives. Uh, it's, uh, how do you, how do you, what do you think, John? What, I, when you were walking and you're walking and on the other side of the street or, or yeah. in, in a park or somewhere, and here comes somebody, um, nobody else around, and that person is wearing a mask. <laughs> it's just, you know, screw that, John. Yeah, but, 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 Cyril, it's, it's one thing. I mean, you've you got some credibility here. I think you know a little bit about medicine, and you're a scientist. But the, we have people in government telling us that you, you should be wearing a mask outside. My wife and I go for walks in Mount Lebanon about once a week. Uh, I go in there to go for a walk. Uh, and I'm walking up in the business district on Washington Road, and you know, and people uh, chastise you. No, uh, no, no people are walking uh, their dogs on a side street yeah. when they're wearing a mask on a 60 oh, yeah, degree yeah, yeah. sunny day. I, 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 yeah, <laughs> that's yep, hysteria. Yep, yep. Yeah, it, it it is. I do believe that uh, I want to live long enough to see how this is written about. Uh, yeah. Um, <clears throat> I, I, I want to see. Um, I, I stand by what I wrote um, and what uh, I'm saying here tonight. And I, uh, I you know, I, I'm not out uh, to, uh, um, you know, have people conform with what I believe. Right, right. Uh, it's not, I'm not looking to get people to uh, convert. Um, um, you know, the people, if you do, I want to repeat. Okay, you do what you want to do. You want to stay in your apartment? Fine. You don't want to go to a ball game. Uh, you don't want to go to a restaurant. Um, you want to wear a mask even when you're just taking a walk by yourself or with your dog? Fine. I'm not saying that you should be penalized, but uh, I, I'm saying that such an approach should not be imposed upon those of us who do not feel this kind of, uh, of medical preventive need. Hey, I'm, I'm out of time, Dr. Wecht. It's always great to have you on, and I hope, John, thank I, hope you. I hope I don't need to have you on a year from now to talk about this again. <laughs> all right, well, John, I hope we both live long enough, uh, and all of the people who disagree with us, I want them to live long enough, too, 
to see how this all plays out, how it is written about with a detached objectivity and and, uh, and and see who's right. Thank John, thanks for inviting me, my friend. You and your listeners have a good uh, weekend, and uh, let's keep in touch, okay? Uh, all right, thank you, Dr. Cyril Weck. Thank we'll you, be right John. back. Thanks. Yep. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. With the Olympics well underway, Tokyo has reported record-breaking coronavirus cases for the third straight day. Government officials have said that new cases were soaring not only in the Tokyo area but across the country. The number of positive cases has doubled in a week, setting an all-time high since the pandemic began early last year. Whilst Japan has continuously kept its cases low, recently its weekly average has shot to 88 per 100,000 in Tokyo. This compares to 18.5 in the United States and 48 in Britain. Japan's top medical advisor says the biggest risk is a lack of a sense of crisis. I'm Karen Chamas. Meanwhile, USA swimmer Caleb Dressel claimed a gold medal with a victory in the 100-meter freestyle, and Bobby Fink of the U.S. captured gold in the debut of the men's 800-meter swimming freestyle. On Wall Street, the Dow is up nearly 200 points. This is SRN News. You're attacked by a bear, a dog will throw himself into the mouth of a bear to save you. Dogs are dogs. They pour out their love onto you. Before long, you can't live without them. I have a chocolate cocker spaniel named Lady and a blackmouth cur. He's about 120 pounds, and his name is Arlo. My little cocker, her coat's as soft as a stuffed animal. They're both real soft coats, and my dogs don't have any health problems because they're eating what they need to eat. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Dynavite is like pouring a multivitamin right onto their food. The omega-3 fatty acids. Flaxseed, zinc, alfalfa. The digestive enzymes that are cooked out of regular dog food. We'll be scooping our Dynavite onto the food. Then squirting the liquor chops and the fish oil. They start salivating. Dynavite is nutrition. You won't believe how happy your dog will be. It's a lot of responsibility owning a dog. I get my Dynavite at D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E Carl Jackson has the same sense of humor as Larry Elder. Did you guys see all of those black people trying to get inside of the United States on the southern border? People traveled all the way from Ghana. And I just started thinking to myself, why doesn't someone just tell them that America's systemically racist and they'll turn right around? The Larry Elder Show with guest host Carl Jackson. Weeknights at 7 on AM 1250. The answer. Tell me why Relief Factor is so successful in lowering or eliminating pain. I'm often asked that question. Pete and Seth Talbot, the father and son founders of Relief Factor, tell me they believe our bodies were designed to heal. The doctors who formulated Relief Factor selected the four best ingredients, 100% drug-free ingredients that each help your body deal with inflammation. Order the three-week quick start now. Discount it to only $19.95 to see if it will work for you too. Call 800 800- 500 8384 Sun's out and shades are in. Get your home summer ready with custom window treatments from Blinds.com. Get a high-end look without the high-end price on our most popular outdoor shades and transform your backyard into the perfect weekend oasis with light-filtering shades that help block UV rays without obstructing your view. Plus, right now, we're offering up to 35% off everything, making it a breeze to upgrade any room in your home, indoors or out. With over 25 million blinds sold and 30 35,000 five-star reviews. There's a reason why Blinds.com is the number one online retailer of custom window treatments in the world. Whether you do it yourself or have them handle the install from start to finish, Blinds.com makes ordering custom window treatments online easy with free shipping and a 100% guaranteed perfect fit. Sunshine and barbecues are in the forecast. Upgrade your backyard and window treatments with Blinds.com today and enjoy your new view all summer long. Visit Blinds.com today to shop up to 35% off site-wide. That's blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the Answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or radio.com. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. Crosstown Boulevard seeing some delays outbound Center Avenue to the Parkway North. About 11 minutes for your backup there. 
Now on outbound 28, Route 8 to the Highland Park Bridge, it's slowing and Parkway East, really busy inbound Boulevard of the Allies to the Fort Pitt Bridge. Outbound, slowing Bates Street to the Squirrel Hill Tunnel. Parkway West, crash cleared outbound past Green Tree, still seeing that backup from 19 on up. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, the answer. Weather. A severe thunderstorm watch is in effect through tonight. We'll see a couple of heavy and gusty thunderstorms in the area this evening and a shower in spots late tonight, the low 64. Tomorrow, mostly sunny, less humid, a great day to be outside, the high 74. Tomorrow night, mainly clear and cool with near record low temperatures, the low 52. Saturday, mostly sunny and pleasant, the high 77. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. This is the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250. The answer. Believe it or not, high school football season starts four weeks from tomorrow. And for a while, it looked like we were do, uh, going uh, to go back to normal with spectators allowed in the stadiums and everything. Maybe even no masks on the field. Remember when the officials were actually wearing them? As stupid as that was. Anyway, but who knows? Up in Sharon, uh, PA, Sharpsville High School and West Middlesex High School, two schools that are only a few miles apart, were scheduled to play each other on August 27th, but they won't. Bob Greenberg is the sports director of radio, uh, Sports Radio 96.7 in Sharon, and he's here to tell us the uh, unusual reason why. Bob, thanks for coming on the show again. I appreciate it. No problem, John. Yeah, it's a rather unusual story because these two longtime rivals, Sharpstone and West Middlesex, uh, they came into the summer expecting to open up the season in about four weeks. But Middlesex realized about a couple weeks ago that uh, they were going to be short on numbers. They just did not get enough kids to come out. They, they went around to some of their bordering schools that the PWA requires them to do to ask if they'd be interested in co-oping with with their school and they were turned down. And so uh, the, the rules allow them to uh, ask a non-bordering school, which would be Sharpsville, which would be the closest one. And Sharpsville, who has maybe some issues in the near future with, uh, with the participation numbers, uh, they agreed to it. So in a most bizarre turn that I can remember two longtime rivals, as long as it's approved by everybody here in the next week or so, we'll be playing on the same sideline here in about a month. So was so this was uh, kind of out of the blue, or, or did people kind of see this coming? Well, for West Middlesex, uh, it was a, a slow train. Uh, as the, the summer workouts began, they had, I think I was told, 16 kids sign up for football, and only about a half of them were coming to any of their workouts. So uh, they were getting uh, rather concerned. They had a, uh, a meeting a week or two ago, kind of a uh, town hall meeting with their community, to kind of let everybody know what was going on and they were going to start looking for some other alternative plans to help save some type of football season. And uh, lo and behold, we got to this. So, uh, I mean, I, I, I worked up there in my first job and I, I did play by play of uh, Sharpsville and West Middlesex games. And uh, so for people here in, in, uh, in the Pittsburgh area, West Middlesex is, I mean, I don't remember as being a really small school uh, uh, enrollment-wise. I mean, what happened that only 16 kids decided to come out for football? Yeah, that's that's the million-dollar question, John. I think it's a, a combination of a bunch of things. I think it's uh, most schools, pretty much everywhere, uh, the enrollments are dropping. So that's the, the biggest uh, issue that I think most schools are having. Uh, number two, I think the sport of football outside of the NFL is also declining in participation. Numbers all back that up as well. And I think you know, Middlesex is it's a small community, so it didn't take much for having a, a couple classes of not many kids coming out to get into this position, and now they're in a position where they need to find a way to save their program or in this program, which had, has had a lot of success. They've won three district championships. They made it to the state finals back in the t- so uh, this isn't a program that's been a doormat, uh, but they're trying to find a way to at least save it for this year and for the next couple of years by joining forces with one of their rivals. Well, I was doing their games uh, on uh, Color Channel 3, the cable TV station up there. <laughs> uh, you may or may not remember. Um, 48 years ago. So it's not like this is a program that uh, hasn't been around and hasn't, as you said, it's been successful 
Uh, I compared it to Mount Lebanon and Upper St. Clair merging. Uh, that's impossible to imagine here. Is that a valid comparison to Sharpsville West Middlesex, at least in as far as the rivalry and the, and the geographic uh, comparison? Uh, I would agree. I, I had, I had uh, I've gotten a tip on the information uh, yesterday, and I had tweeted uh, some earth-shaking news and people were, were wondering what I was talking about. When I released the information this morning, uh, everybody said, I agree. This is earth-shaking news for Mercer County football, and to have two rivals join forces is, is almost unheard of. Yeah, and so who gets, I guess, uh, because it's, it's West Middlesex who went uh, looking for somebody to, to co-op with. So they, uh, do they get to call the shots now? Or I mean, I, I'm assuming that the Sharpsville head coach stays the head coach. But what happens to the other coaching staff? And, and how, what, are they, you know, what are the logistics in, in merging the teams, the players and the coaches? Yeah, the, the interesting thing is Sharpsville has pretty much rolled out the red carpet for, for West Middlesex. Sharpsville will be the host school. From what I was told last night, that uh, they're going to offer – uh, the Middlesex head coach a position on their staff, which they, they, they had to create one, but I don't believe any other coaches will be offered a job. That could change. Uh, a couple other tidbits are working out transportation. The schools are about you know five miles apart, so the Middlesex players will have transportation to get to practice. And the biggest question I'm sure a lot of fans are wondering, not just the football fans, would be the cheerleaders in the band. And from what it looks like, they're going to work on some arrangement where Cheerleaders will be able to cheer together, and then the band will maybe rotate. Uh, one will do pregame, one will do halftime, at least for this first year. Then moving forward, they will combine the band and the cheerleaders to have just one of them. So this isn't a one-year deal? No. Sharpsville basically told Middlesex, if we're going to do this, we want to have a three-year, at least a three-year agreement, because Sharpsville sees the writing on the wall. Uh, they're, they're going to be shorthanded. They feel in the next year or two. So they were kind of being more proactive here. They're, they're okay this year, but this was more of a future move for Sharpsville. So, yeah, they, they told Middlesex they want it to be a three-year agreement, and the board still have not officially approved it. I've been told that the boards would approve it if they had it in front of them today, but it's still not official yet, and that eventually it has to go to the PWA to approve. And because this is a uh, – it would be – a, 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 a an approving bylaw that's not in their books right now. But the PWA will have to approve it, but there could be some contention there, but I don't think there will be because the, the co-op is not approved by the current rules of the PWA, but we do believe that the PWA will still approve it. Talking to Bob Greenberg, uh, he's the sports director of Sports Radio 96.7 up in Sharon, PA, and a guy who's been covering sports up there for a long time with a lot of passion. I read your tweets, Bob, and, and, and you're really into this stuff, and I think it's great. Uh, you, you obviously love your job. You love what you do. And uh, having worked up there and my wife's from up there, uh, I know what a big deal high school football is up there. And people. And one, one of the first things I learned, I think I've told you this, one of the first things I learned when I took that job right out of college was that football, uh, high school sports are a much bigger deal in places like uh, Sharon, and uh, I also did some work in Newcastle. All that area up there, uh, it's a big, big deal, not just football. So my, my question is, you, you know, you've been around these, this uh, area for a long time. What is it that has caused the kids to lose interest in football? Is it, a, is it because they've started playing soccer, lacrosse, uh, other sports? What is it? I, I think you know, soccer is one thing. There's no question that in the you know, last couple of decades, uh, most schools added soccer, and we've seen a uh, uh, no question an increase in participation on the soccer fields for, for a lot of these smaller schools. And I think also football with you know that uh, the concussions and some of the issues with the safety of, of playing football also has taken some parents to move their kids away from playing that sport, and then just the decline of the population. I think all three of them have added up to why football right now is is declining. It's it's not in jeopardy, but I think as we're seeing now across the state, we've seen some uh, schools that are forced to co-op, and I think this won't be the last one we will see here in the near future. So you don't you don't think it's going to be the last merger? It's going to happen again? No, I, I, there's no question about that. I, you know, there's been schools even up in District 10 that actually dropped football. There has, actually, John, has been some discussion about uh, the PWA even looking at adding eight man football, which is oh, big boy. in some uh, rural states. 
And, and I don't know if they're going to go that path, but that might be a solution to some of the small schools who just cannot get enough numbers. Wow, that that uh, that would not be good. I, I mean, I can I know they do that uh, in out, out west, and they do it in Nebraska, places like that, uh, where they really love football but just don't have enough kids. But wouldn't that be kind of a hard sell in an area to bring that in now? I mean, and and because most people don't even know it exists, eight eight man football. I do, and you do, but oh, I, oh, I would I would agree, John. It's you know, it, and the problem is it's. Uh, historically, the PNW has been very reactive. They're not being very proactive in anything they do. So if they would ever bring that aboard, a, a, a in most cases, the schools that are struggling would already be gone. So here's the thing that I wonder about when you try to do this with high school sports, especially football, and basketball would be exactly the same, I guess. But, I mean, basketball, you don't obviously you – can, you can field a team if you have 10 guys. But um, – uh, there's so much passion involved in high school football, and there's a, a healthy "quote unquote" hate between schools and programs like West Middlesex and Sharpsville, and Mount Lebanon and Upper St. Clair, and, and North Hills and and Pine Richland. And it's that I, I know I, I know you know the context in which I'm using the word hate here, but uh, it's that passion that number one gets kids to go out for the team because they have this feeling for their school. How do they maintain that if, you know, you have a few kids on your team from, from another school? Uh, and then getting the cheerleaders to get excited about it, getting the, the students, it, it's hard to imagine that working for me. Well, I, I think, and I agree with you on that, I think the, the, the only thing from the, the West Middlesex side is they pretty much had no choice because uh, at this stage their choices were to get enough kids out to play, which they didn't succeed at, try to find a co-op, and Sharpsville was their, really their last hope. And if that didn't work out, then their only last choice was to shut down the program. So I think from that aspect, they're going to have, I'm guessing, eight or ten kids that really want to play the game that are probably pretty good that are going to get the chance to play football here in their senior year in, in, in most cases. So from that aspect, despite the rivalry aspect of it, I think the kids will, will probably put that aside and just be happy to be on the field. What, what about, uh, I, I, I don't think this is in the near future, but down the road at some point, especially in areas where you don't have the population, uh, where you come up with an alternative to high school football and you have uh, football teams that are not necessarily uh, attached to a school, but they're attached to a community. Uh, and you know what I mean? Like it, uh, it, it, it just, if, if only a few schools in the conference find out that they can't field a team, you don't have a conference, and you're in trouble. You know, your league is gone. I, I would agree, and I think that could be the future. I don't know if you and I will be around for that, but I, I think at this stage it, that as, as we see uh, the, the, the sport losing its participation and the schools getting smaller, uh, there's not going to be much choice. I mean, co-ops only go so far, and then those co-ops are going to have to be probably two or three or four schools combining it sometime, and and if that happens, then uh, who knows what the future of the sport will look like. Yeah, if, if it gets to that point, it's not really high school football anymore. I mean, it's, it's high school kids playing, but it's no longer really high school against high school, you know? And that's, what, that's kind of the, pretty much the essence of it, isn't it? Well, you know, it's funny because that's, that's kind of what it's happened to Little League. Uh, Little League baseball has uh-huh. gone from mostly every community having their own Little League team to, to when you get to the all-star aspect. So a lot of these teams now that you see are a combination of three or four communities. So that's what's happened in Little League. So it's kind of a precursor to what might happen in the next decade or, or, or further with high school football. Um, and what, what do you, I mean, because there's something you can put your finger on about why. I know it's the concussions and all that stuff. But other than that, I mean, the reason for all of a sudden kids deciding that football isn't all that glamorous and it's not cool to play football, which is what seems to be happening. Well, I, yeah, I, and that's 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 the million dollar question. I, I think there's other options out there. Um, you, know, you could look at kids are working. Kids have social media. Kids have video games. Uh, there's a variety of reasons why kids are not as dedicated anymore. Football is not an easy sport. You know, it's it's a challenging sport and it's physical and you know it's not it's it takes a lot of time and effort to get better at it. And I think it's just a kind of the a microcosm what we're seeing in our society with some other issues as well, that it's just 
people want shortcuts, and it, it for football, there's no shortcut to get good at it. Yeah, uh, and as an old guy uh, who was been around a long time, and 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 as a guy who grew up where nobody heard of soccer other than it was a game that was played in <laughs> Europe, uh, it disturbs me a little bit to see football being replaced by soccer. I don't know about you. <laughs> well, you know, I, I I'll tell you this, John. When when soccer and so, when I started in my career, there was no soccer basically, mm-hmm. and now it's it's everywhere. And I I knew that when these schools, especially the smaller schools that did not have enough students to field a bunch of teams, they were going to begin to struggle. And it's definitely happened. And I don't know how you put that uh, you know, the toothpaste back back in the bottle when you already have programs, but uh, in this case, it's definitely hurting the smaller schools. Well, um, I guess uh, you got a month uh, till f- football season starts, uh, August 27th, uh, I guess four weeks from tomorrow. Um, uh, it'll be interesting to see. Are you going to be uh, broadcasting that first game? Well, who do well, they the play? They can't play each other. So, Right. Uh, that, that was the interesting thing. They were supposed to play each other next, yeah. uh, on the opening night, and uh, that game will be off. So Sharpsville will have to try, if they get lucky, to find somebody who does not have a game, which will be very rare. Uh-huh. So there's a good chance Sharpsville will not play that opening weekend, and then we'll have to get ready in week two for their opening game against Cockerton. Will there be a lot of curiosity up there about what's going to happen with that program? you think you get a lot of attention? Well, there's no question. I think uh, it'll be interesting to see how the reaction is to the community. On social media, because uh, I, I broke the story this morning, uh, there's been a lot of mixed uh, emotions right now on both sides of it, and I think it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. I think Middlesex is a little more shocked right now that it got to this point, but they also realize that uh, you know the alternative is to have no football, and uh, that's not not the best solution. Well, Bob, as they say in radio, I'm out of time. I think you get that. So <laughs> I, I appreciate you being on, and uh, I like having you up there because uh, you, you got your finger on the pulse of high school football. Thanks. No problem, John. Take it easy. Okay, we'll be right back. This summer, we all want to reconnect with friends and family. And the team at Legacy Box can help you make the most of your time together by enabling you to revisit classic memories while creating new ones. Legacy Box is an affordable way to have footage of family milestones trapped on home movies and photos safely stored on a thumb drive, DVD, or the cloud. The process is remarkably simple. Just follow the guide from Legacy Box's all-inclusive kit, and their experienced team will create digital copies of your videotapes, film reels, and photos. Soon you'll have everything saved on the format of your choice, along with your originals. Imagine highlights from the past digitally preserved and always ready to share. Even better, Legacy Box is offering 40% off this week. Visit LegacyBox.com slash LBOX to take advantage of this limited-time offer and ensure your past is always within reach. That's LegacyBox.com slash LBOX to save 40%. LegacyBox.com slash LBOX. You've heard that saying, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard? Well, it's also true that no matter how hard you burn in the gym, you cannot outwork bad nutrition. Believe me, I've tried. I spent so much time on the treadmill, but before I went to Soda Weight Loss, I felt like I was just spinning my wheels. But once I went to Soda Weight Loss, I let go of 30 pounds, and I've kept it off. As we get older, things change, including your 21-year-old metabolism. Yeah, kiss that goodbye. As you do, open your arms to Soda Weight Loss. There's no diet here, just honest, amazing nutrition that turns your body into a fat-burning machine. No shots, no pills, just an amazing nutritional plan that's super easy and exactly what you need. So what are you waiting for? Soda will make it so easy with their at-home program. Their dietitians and nutritionists will tailor a program that's perfect for you. Get started now at SodaWeightLoss.com. That's S-O-T-A WeightLoss.com. Soda is, say it with me, state of the art. People do some pretty cool things in their 40s and 50s. Why should saving for retirement be any different? I mean, they go back to college. Learn new instruments. Start skateboarding. 
Okay, maybe that one's not for everybody, but saving for retirement is. With aceyourretirement.org, you can get on track with your retirement savings no matter your age. Just have a three-minute chat with Avo, the friendly digital retirement coach from AARP. You'll get personalized recommendations based on your input that are easy to understand and work with your lifestyle. It's quick, easy, and free. Plus, it's sponsored by AARP, so you know they got your back. Gnarly move, Dad. Thanks, sweetie. So wherever you are in your retirement savings journey, head to aceyourretirement.org and start chatting with Avo today. That's aceyourretirement.org. A message from AARP and the Ad Council. Hi, this is Rhett Rasmussen of besthotgrill.com. We make the Solaire Infrared Grills with one of the largest offerings of grills and accessories. Our mini Anywhere and Everywhere portables are perfect for tailgating and grilling on the go. Our best-selling 27XL is the convergence of price and size. The 36-inch is the size most often specified by kitchen designers. And the Solaire 56-inch is the largest all-infrared grill on the market. Solaire makes accessories like griddles and steamer fryers to enhance your backyard grilling experience. Solaire also has an extensive offering of doors, drawers, and bartending centers to complete your outdoor kitchen. All Solaire infrared grills feature the efficient Solaire infrared burner that heats up fast, locks in the juices, and makes you wonder why you'll ever want to eat out again. Learn more at besthotgrill.com. That's besthotgrill.com. Solaire infrared at besthotgrill.com. You're listening to The John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250. The answer. Kind of show today. We had Dr. Cyril Weck talking about uh, COVID stupidity. And interestingly enough, he's very much uh, in favor of the vaccine and also very much opposed to the stupidity of masks. Pretty smart guy and uh, interesting to hear his take on that. And also the football story up there in Sharon. To me, that's a, a perfect stor- a sports story for this show because that, that's a sign of a cultural upheaval beginning, especially in an area like that. Again, you have to understand how what a big deal high school sports are in places like that, and for them to say that they can't play football anymore. Uh, I don't know how old West Middlesex uh, High School is, but um, I know that it goes at least back to the 60s, and uh, it's, so it's at least 60 or 70 years old, and uh, it's a shame that, they, uh, that they're trading uh, football for soccer. That makes me real sad. It makes me uh, actually kind of want to throw up. But that's, uh, that's just me. I don't like soccer. Anyway... Good show today. Thanks for listening. Talk to you tomorrow. The John Steigerwald Show is a production of the Answer Pittsburgh and Salem Media Group.